Hello and welcome to the Footstock Weekly Podcast, episode 2 featuring Ross. Ross's Twitter handle is RossFIFS. I'm with a really good chat. As a sort of build in the header for this, when I was asking for questions, Ross was a Footstock Pro winner. And in the meantime, he's actually went and won a second one, so maybe his words of wisdom hold a bit more weight than we thought. Two things that I'd highly recommend anyone listening to this podcast does is tune in to my YouTube channel for the weekly live stream. I'll do all footstocky stuff, opening packs, uh, wrapping up tournaments, roulette, virtual battles, buying stuff from the market, selling stuff to the market, and answering all your questions. And secondly, and probably way, way more exciting, as you probably know if you've been on footstock for any amount of time, it's a site, it's a platform starved of good data or stats. It, it's it's almost impossible to access those stats that you want. And that's what I've teamed up with Gardy to try and bring to you. So in the Footstock Stats Slack group, which the link is in the description, if you join there, we're putting out virtual match reports, basically going into the probabilities of first goal scorers, assisters, who is the most likely to get goals and assists for their team, what are the chances of each team winning, based off the kind of PPG uh, simulation engine that Footstock themselves have built. So, I mean, you have a huge edge if you use it. On top of that, we're putting out some things for roulette and calculating the best players to use, who win percentages and draw percentages. And we have a lot of really exciting plans going forward that I'm not going to quite get into yet. But trust me, I mean, I don't know how much you know me, but when I kind of get my head in things, I go balls deep. And I want this to be the best data site that there ever is for Footstock going forward. So we're really going to try our hardest to do that. So join the Slack group in the description. Honestly, you'll have a massive edge over other people who haven't joined because we're putting out some great stuff that you can't get anywhere else. And lastly, I hope you all had a really good week in the 10k free roll. I hope you've had a very lucky week. I hope you've won some money. It's a great promotion by Footstock. And the next big thing for us is obviously tomorrow on Monday, they're making some changes to the platform that I think look great. Uh, changes to roulette, changes to collection values, etc. And I mean, the next big thing really after that again is the return of football. So I hope you're getting prepped for that and, and strategizing the best you can. So look, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Leave a review if you haven't already. It takes two seconds on Apple. And I'll speak to you next week. I am joined by Ross Fi, whose name has actually changed to Ross FIFS. You feeling a bit of pressure from the Footstock Boys, Ross? I think so, John. Um, thanks for having me on again. Well, the new podcast, obviously. But yeah, a little bit of pressure, I guess. Um, a bit more of my interactions over the last month or so have been geared towards Footstock as Football Index has been a little bit stagnant. So I felt the need to fire in the FS into the name getting it going yeah i think um i think a lot of people actually who have went from a football index account to a footstock account they're, they're treading this line at the minute on twitter where it's kind of like if you talk too much about footstock the football index people will all block you it's a really like hostile environment at the minute um thankfully the, i'm just kind of fucking doing both I, I can see the the memes from the simpsons movie where the the burn at the stake is coming out <laughs> when when yeah. hashtag footstock and hashtag football index is in the same tweet oh um, jesus christ that's where the controversy starts yeah, there's something there's something a lot of people are doing now, which actually, do you know what does get me, and I understand that and can empathise, is, well, whenever, I've, I've said this before, I don't like it when footstock people hashtag football index, because football index people don't hashtag footstock. There's reasons for that, obviously, size of platforms, etc., but something that I keep seeing, there's, there's certain people who have 
um either affiliates or just refer friends but they just seem to like post on like regular like r to r intervals all day do you know i have i've seen i've seen a, I've seen a couple uh, of them on the football index hashtag that's fucking hell do you know i mean that's just gonna that's not how marketing works and that's not how you get engagement do you know there's over posting too but exactly. th- we're going down a hole here ross that yeah. is not foodstock related Let's get back on track. This is a 45-minute podcast. No room get the blinkers on, here. That's it. Ross, do you want to tell us a bit about your four months on Foodstock? It's four months, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Um, it kind of started, I guess, around the turn of the year in terms of the idea. And as you'll know, it was yourself that sort of planted the seed. Um, I, I, I don't know the exact date when I was on the High White and Handsome podcast, but I assume it was about a year ago now. it was like now. November-ish? Was it November? Yeah. October, November. It actually could have been further. I was looking back because I wanted to, whenever you were mentioning your mic earlier, I wanted to see like what was your mic quality like before. 4th of November. 4th of November. So I guess it would have started then. Um, and I, I think that was around, maybe just before you got the affiliate link, but it might have, you might have mentioned it back then. Yeah, that was probably like two or three weeks before I actually sort of got the the affiliate thing set up and they started sponsoring the podcast but i was on it for a few months before that yeah and i think you i think you'd mentioned that and i think there was a a podcast with jay hall um talk, talking about uh footstock just at the end and yeah. i just remember when it first came about and the football index community didn't really take to it too well um as you'll know so i kind of left it for a while and then you mentioned that and then you got the affiliate link and you messaged me and said put a fiver in just just see what happens you get x amount of bonus cards and i think at that time you were getting double cards for your first pack yeah, um, yeah. it was in that promotion it was, it was before the 99 pound pack though it, it was just before then so i think i used it for 25 pound and then after i sort of looked into it and i thought oh i can pick up quite a lot of i can build this collection with not that actually that much money mm. i think i think you told me to start off half with can you hear the ice cream van? I can hear the ice cream van. This fucking bastard. <laughs> this is coming over from the Highway and Hansen podcast. Freddy's fucking ice cream is outside. It's COVID, you prick. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Seriously, like, is he here how loud that is? I, this cunt is laundering money, I'm telling you. I get I get the feeling that um, he just does it to spite you because it's literally every other podcast. Like, this is 20 to 2 on a fucking Wednesday. It's not like it's primetime Saturday ice cream selling, do you know what I mean? Oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad I'm part of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ross, I interrupted you. We let Freddy fucking blast his tunes in the background. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, I think you told me to put in, say, put in what you're comfortable with and take half and spend it on packs and take half and build your collection. So I think I started with about £200, which was obviously fairly comfortable for me. And then I took the 100 spent on packs, done pretty well. And then the amount that I was able to build my collection with 100 I thought there's actually a lot of potential here in terms of who you're picking up. Um, so I think initially I put in £750 just to... And I left it for a while. Um, and I mean, it helps when you pack four Brunos, but... We'll, we'll not Did you? Out. Yes. But when, when he was a... you th- told me that. When he was a three-star... When he was a three yeah. star, so I remember. I think it was the second pack I ever opened. It was like a twenty-five pound pack. Got him in it, so I thought that's pretty decent. He's he's a uh, he's on fire. So I, I I spent the rest of that day opening packs, and I think I got three in that day. And then I packed him once when he was a four star in a hundred pound pack. I think. So, uh, yeah, that's a good strategy. I think for any beginners, just yeah. pack runners. 
Yeah, um, just bag Bruno's, yeah. <laughs> so I, le- I left the collection, <laughs> uh, which was worth, it was, well, £750 put in, I left it, and it just creeped over £1,000 within the sort of month, just with natural market growth and stuff like that. So I thought, there's a lot of potential for this. Um, and I don't know why, but I ended up just sort of, I, I doubled my collection as I've seen that, that grow, and that was just about a week or two before the, the massive boom in collection, so it was obviously a good time to do it. Um, and that led to it's led now to my collection doubling in value. But as as you know, that's after a little market correction uh, yeah. that's happened recently. So yeah, re- really happy in, in terms of that. Uh, How did you find? Sorry, I'm kind of putting in there. Going from a football index trader to footstock and the volatility involved there. How did you find that? Could you stomach it or? Bit, bit, of, to... bit of a shock. Um, it's taken mm-hmm. a, a little. Bit. I mean, it's it's now uh, June, so gotten used to it now especially when say you've got someone like three brunos who's down sort of a hundred pound from his peak so that's 300 pound your collection but you've got you've got to sort of think it's just more brunos being in circulation and maybe less people want them than now as a midfielder so in terms of scoring goals he's maybe not as good as some cheaper attackers for virtuals um but i think it'll be different once dynamic ppg comes back and um it goes on a game by game basis there'll be bigger edges for players to have and stuff like that mm. I wonder how much I suppose of we'll move on to that now. Like market prices, unless there's anything you wanted to mention about your kind of four months that I skipped over there. Uh, I mean it's been it's been pretty quick. It's been a bit of a blur to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even feel like four months. Yeah, we'll move on to this week then. I mean, when people are listening to this, it'll just be the conclusion of the 10k giveaway week, the 10k free roll week. So I hope you all had a great week. But at the minute, as we're recording on Wednesday, it's fair to say market prices have dropped a bit over the past week or so. As you said, Bruno's dropped about 100 quid, Trent's probably down 40 or 50, Rashford down 20, 25, and that's just to name a few of the big names. What would you maybe put that down to if you had to put your finger on it? Do you, know, do you have any reasons? Um, like, like you say, you've seen quite a lot on Twitter. I know people only post their wins and stuff from Roulette, but you're seeing people win like a Bruno from 49p and stuff like that. Um, it does happen, and there's cards who I think there's there's some cards who can beat Bruno more than half the time. Obviously, you have to come up against a Bruno and get the same stats, but that's just using him as an example. There's been through stuff like single roulette, um, and I guess just a slight market correction in terms of there's been massive growth across the platform. When you're going up three, four hundred percent, and I think my collection is corrected by maybe about ten percent. Mm. Um, you can't you can't really complain too much. Um, yeah. you don't, you've not seen that kind of growth in football index, so you you can't really in such a short time anyway. So you can't really compare the two. Um, but even when there's market correction on football index, it's it's only a few percent in relative to to the rise. So I think it's maybe coming coming from football index, it's maybe more natural. Um, but again, it, it did take a little bit of getting used to thinking that your that your portfolio could be like a couple hundred pounds higher, even like a few hours from when it was before. Well, I think at this stage as well in Footstock, what people need to remember is there is only really now a handful is too little, but I don't know, like 50, I don't know if there's 20. Like I'm talking about whale accounts accounts with, I don't know what's considered a whale. I don't know if I am a 10K and I don't know if whale is 25K plus. But all it takes is one of these guys to have sort of been on from the inception of Footstock, stocked up, and I'd say a few accounts like that, silent accounts maybe, who don't particularly love the product or interact in tournaments but just have big collections probably sold up and all it would take is one guy who has 10 of a card to crash a card's price significantly because you can't see the volume or depth of the order book 
and sometimes if people just don't want to sell for the price that's there they won't actually just stick an order in for a price they're happy to sell or buy at they'll just leave it off because oh that's that's not the price i'm looking for so it, it you can quite easily rise or drop a price and it all it takes is one person so like in terms of growing a player's price like if i went in and bought like I, in the last couple of days there's been a, pl a few players i've had my eyes on and you can jump a player from 350 to four quid sometimes with only two or three buys you know and if someone holds a 50 of that players and that could be 25 so you can rise very quickly but conversely it works the same way i think this reason maybe if i was to try and put a couple of reasons on this particular slump maybe it is a bit of a correction first and foremost um, <laughs> people some people don't like it when you say correction people just think you throw it out there to sound smart but i mean it makes sense anytime a market kind of grows too much it'll naturally correct or drops too much it'll naturally correct upward but i think some people might be prepping for real football so a lot of the big holdings and players that have really strong ppgs at the minute that people maybe don't actually rate when football comes back they might start to drop maybe in particular after the 10k week which is when people will be listening to this and maybe players that had a poor run of form but have a low like so have a low ppg but they're they're potentially really high potential players or someone who had an injury they could be rising and also something and again this is a footstock podcast but on the football index one i have we talk about footstock it goes both ways people maybe were waiting for that football index q a last night with adam cole now that would have been tuesday night you're listening to this on sunday i don't know how much of it is but i think i mean footstock there's a lot of football index users on footstock there's a lot of people that love both products footstock had a 10k free roll week which is huge but if you're looking at it and you also have a football index portfolio and you're trying to judge where to put your money and you want to have a bank balance to react to something that adam cole let slip in his q a i wouldn't have been surprised if some people pulled some money i just have a balance and because I, I know I, I looked on twitter and seen at least two or three people who had done that so there's probably a few that have done that do you know there, there are a couple of reasons if i had to try and think of like the actual reasons do you know maybe there's something else but yeah i, th I think i think when something corrects it, it was quite a sharp correct obviously it's been over sort of the last week um and i guess it's been sort of substantial but um like you say people people might be thinking i can take money out of footstock because it's quite liquid at the moment a lot of people want to buy but it might not just not be they might not have the patience to wait to get the top price um and then like you say if you lost five ten cards you could easily drop someone one or two pound just because you don't exactly know like you say the depth of of the actual order book itself um, and just little things like that makes obviously the, the total market sort of go down a little bit but I, I, I think it's, it's it's to be expected like I said when you've had such a big rise sometimes people just take profit as it is with, with everything um, sometimes people might not see value in the cards anymore that they hold so they might have just got rid of them something that I haven't ever really discussed but I've just thought about that I think maybe is a reason why prices can drop sharper on footstock is this do you know if you're on football index because the reason I keep bringing football indexes up is that I think a lot of people probably over half the majority would compare subconsciously or consciously to football index nets market you know it is a big kind of benchmark for a lot of people because that's what they came from especially with included. the with the matching engine now i think yeah you can you can sort of make comparisons i know there's no sell orders and it's just at phase one but it's, it's a similar sort of idea but what, what i'm going to get at here is on football index if you tell me there is a seven percent spread on a player or a five percent spread in a player and I think on football next because traditionally you would hold much more volume in terms of individual shares if we match that up with cards on football index it wouldn't be unusual for someone to hold 50 Bruno whereas people who hold 50 Bruno on footstock might be few and far between on footstock 
if you're going to sell like most people your one or two Brunos and you look and it's 200 and like let's say that the price you can sell for now is 211 the best someone's offering is 225 you could beat them and go 224 or you could just suck up a tenner which is what five percent is that terrible maz jesus 200 quid tenner five percent or something is that maz right yeah um people might be more inclined to do it when it's one card and it's a one-time hit on that amount of money like even at the lower values if a card's two quid and you can sell them for 187 if you're on football index and a player's two quid and the instant sale price is 187 i don't know i see more hesitation in myself from football index to eat that spread than i do on foot stock on foot stock i'm like oh sure it's just one card fuck it sell him or like if he's a 23p player and i'm just trying to clear out that end of the, the collection and someone's offering me 18p i sure it's 5p but if you're but selling 300 of them on football index you're more i don't know more aware of it and less likely to just eat that spread so anyway that's a long-winded way of explaining it but i think on that's a good people point are more I, likely I, I to just thought about that that is a good point eat spreads and drive the price down whereas on football index people will be more likely to stick to their guns and just stick them to the market sell and wait whereas on footstock maybe people get a bit annoyed about because i think on football index you can you can add the market and you're just on the end of a queue now obviously the matching engine's changing that on footstock if you try and put in the best price someone will leapfrog you by a penny if it's a, a relatively fluid player, someone is going to leapfrog you by a penny within minutes, you know, and you have to keep going back and just now, thankfully, you can select all best um, in the market, which saves a lot of fucking about, but it's maybe a bit higher maintenance, you know, I think does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think even uh, on your stream last week, I, I, well, I think it was your stream where you, you went into the collection and went, right, who, who can I sell that's got a fairly tight spread? And then... I, I can't remember what it was to fund. It might have been to do a tournament or something. Or, I think it was, yeah. Or, or, or like oh, another... it was to buy someone's card. Yeah, that's what it Dustin was. Dustin was trying to sell a card and I said I'd buy it off him just to... <laughs> I think your exact yeah. words were, De La Feu, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of you. Um, and yeah. then binned him for 50p. But you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, in terms of percentage, it's maybe a bit more than what you'd eat in the football index in this mm. rate. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a totally valid point. We'll move on because I've already brought up loads of things I didn't plan on talking about. Do you know, time frames are trying to keep this thing to 45 minutes is going to be tough. Just the usual, John. Just the usual with us, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you ha- if you're listening and you haven't, the only thing I can pump on this podcast, because no one sponsors it, so if you want to sponsor it, go for it. I wouldn't recommend it. There's not a lot of listeners yet, but, I mean, I'm all ears. Uh, go and sign up to Patreon. You can give me a fiver a month to, like, open packs and shit with, and it's a fiver a month. Like, you'd spend that in a pint, so you can plug the it. You can plug the stream. Plug the stream. Because the stream, the, the stream is excellent. I really yeah, so the stream, stream this go, this will be going out literally just before I stream. So you might have missed this week's, but every Sunday in June, yeah, we'll be going for that. And yeah, come and watch the streams in June. I'm like, Ross, what else can I plug? That'll that'll do. That'll I, do. I approve this message. <laughs> yeah. So something I was thinking I might do with all like the guests going forward now is this. Fly through the six ties on Footstock. So there's a shop, market, collection, rewards, games and tournaments. See if you have any thoughts, stories, suggestions, or like fond memories of each tile, just to build a bit of a picture of who Ross FIFS really is. So we'll go to we'll start from the top left and work our way down. The shop, best pack, worst pack, thoughts or improvements, current sort of weightings of cards. Worst pack was probably that one that I done recently. It was it was a thirty percent discount on a on a what was it a thirty pound pack now? Yeah, um, yeah, it was not very good. I think it was one one fifty p coupon and about a tenner worth of players, so that wasn't great. Uh, yeah, and I guess I guess best pack, uh, yeah. I mean, 
pack four Brunos, so can't really yeah. complain about that. I, mean, I think four grab packs. Yeah, I've packed. Who else have I packed? KDB, uh, Rashford, and was there anybody else top end? I think Saint Maximin maybe, but he's not as valuable. I've, mm. I think I packed four Sterlings, but he was a one star. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and the Pogba, but he was only he wasn't particularly expensive when I packed him. Yeah, he he was right down. I remember actually buying him for like a fiver. Yeah, like I remember buying Pogba for a fiver, and it might have been four or five months ago. But like, he was sitting at fifty quid for a while there. He he was a I've fiver never, when I came on. Yeah, I've ne- I've never packed a Bruno, as a lot of people are aware. Much to my my um, I don't know, demise. Much to my like discomfort. People people take the piss out of me for that. Is what I'm trying to get at. Probably because one. probably because it was me that told everyone to trick you that you had a Bruno. <laughs> you scumbag! <laughs> it was you. Fuck it, yeah. And I thought I had, but I bought one. But what I did get was two Rashfords in the same pack that night on the 5k pack, which was insane. As anyone, well, that's what I'd be interested to know. Anyone listening, have you ever got two legendaries in the same pack? Yeah, that because is amazing. That is unbelievable. Over 7k a pack opening, plus my own, in my own time, outside streaming. I've never got two legendaries in the same pack by that once, so I'd be interested to hear. What do you think of the current pack weightings and prices? I, I like that they've increased it. Um, I think, like was mentioned on last week's podcast, I think Gertie mentioned that someone had posted on Slack that their strategy was they were just buying packs as quick as they could to sell them because it was guaranteed profit and inverted mm. commas there. So um, I, I like that they've increased it and his, his reasoning were totally, were totally sound. The market then has to rise another, whatever the increase was, 20%. Um, to sort of make those packs the same value as they were before. So, again, there will be there will be a time where packs sort of come back and be king. But um, mm. at the moment, I, I like the way it's sort of it's almost regulated the market a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, you've done it at a great time, I guess. Like you've mentioned a few times, yeah. they do the big pack opening. I got a bit lucky there. The something that I'd think about packs, and again, this is me playing devil's advocate. I'm going awful hard in footstock for a big footstock advocate here, like, but. Something that I wonder, right, and I think it's great for the market, and I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it needed done. But if we flip it the other way around, I just know from an affiliate standpoint, and because I get commissions based on when people buy packs, when people spin their single roulette entries, anytime you spend money or give money, generate revenue for Foodstock, I get a percentage of that. That's how the affiliate works. Now, that's changing. But anyway, um, packs have really, like, I mean, a lot of packs have been opened yeah. before and yeah. afterwards there's very very few of the big packs like the 100 packs been opened and 30 packs a lot of the smaller ones but um do you think now that the market's tailored back a bit corrected as we say and it's kind of in the wake of that you could say it has been after that i don't know how much of an influence the pack weightings and whatever has been but the market as you would expect with less people opening packs you expect market value to increase but it's kind of went the other way i wonder did people get an awful lot of enjoyment out of the packs? And now that they just don't feel the, the values there, are they kind of, I don't know, but like, would it, would, it, would there be certain users who just aren't using footstock as much, if at all now, because packs, they don't see the value? Yeah, I think so. I and think is that a bad thing, if that is the case? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that is a good point. I think for someone like myself, um, someone, I think a lot of people were captured by, um, either playing uh, like collecting stickers back in the day football stickers or being on ultimate team where you can open packs it's got this it's a similar kind of feel um, I think I've spoke to a couple of people about this where it sort of captures it but you actually it's almost like you get 
some sort of monetary value back from it. Whereas if you open a pack on Ultimate Team, you might spend 80 quid and get something that's on the game. But it never goes towards stuff like you can't put it on tournaments or anything like that. It's not really worth anything. Um, so I think I think it's just a lot of people that have seen good value from the packs and then because they're not making their money back every pack, they're thinking, oh, maybe this isn't worth it. I, I personally think that packs are good for uh, bulking out the collection and giving you the chance to get someone who you might not be able to afford to buy. But mm. at the same time, um, I would, I personally now that I've got basically a, a base number of everybody that I want, I try and pick off the market and put in lower bids um, that might get accepted with a bit of patience as opposed to sort of punting for packs or even I, I, I don't really do roulette at all apart from the occasional single roulette. I'll, I'll maybe do the 49p spins, but yeah, I mean, yeah, packs, I, I've never really, I've not got a huge affinity to them. It's a it's a hard one, like, because I mean, I would have enjoyed the occasional. Ah, oh, geez, I want to turn them all open a twenty five pack or a hundred pack or whatever. And now, but I think maybe the other side of it is people. You you still do get good packs. Like I opened one of my stream last week, the hundred pack, and got a KDB. I think. Uh, so like, it's not like they don't exist, but I think people almost overreacted to this weight and change. Even when there was one just before it, when this kind of first took off in the first week. But it was much more under the radar. I don't even think they really announced it. Maybe they did, but there was a there was a waiting change to the packs, and it didn't get anywhere near the same traction. I think this one there was almost maybe an overreaction in people. Um, yeah, I know it took them was a few shit packs to be drawn and people have posted about. But um, again, the thing with packs is they've always just they are a gamble. You could get a bit of a shit pack. You could most of the time you'll get an averageish pack, and sometimes you'll get a Bruno. It's kind of I don't know. It's a weird one, but that's the shop. I, th- I think um, just just one last point on that. I guess um, I can't remember who I was speaking to about it, but they were saying about the price point of packs. There could be sort of intermediary packs where there could be sort of like I think someone had mentioned having a tenner when it was it, it was four ninety nine. They were saying they could add a nine ninety nine, and I f- feel like there's got to be something between thirty and hundred. Um, yeah, that's but, a big gap. But again, they would have to come up with a waiting, and it would take a while to sort of make sure everything's perfect. So. I guess, I guess it's an idea for the future, but I think the price point of like an 100 pack and then people, especially if you're trying to pad out your, your collection and you end up getting £50 worth of players and £50 worth of coupons, to you or I, that might be good because you're going to be in tournaments anyway. Uh, but to someone who actually wants the cards, I think that could be, uh, it's, it's not as good yeah. as, as it would be for you and I. I think people place a lot more emphasis on card value than coupon value in packs, rightly or wrongly. But whenever you spend 30 quid and you get 15 quid's worth of players and 20 quid's worth of coupons, even though you could be up a fiver technically, some people mightn't be chuffed with that because they're not opening it for a 20 quid coupon. As exciting as that might be, they're opening it for a Bruno. They're opening it for a KDB. Do you know that? That's... I personally love the coupons. I think they're yeah. I think they're really good in the packs. I would actually like to see if you could have like a 10 or pack or something, you could have you could have like a coupon pack or something. So you mm. might end up getting like a fiver back in coupons, but yeah. you could end up getting a twenty pound in it. That would be quite interesting. I'd I'd love to see them really. The sh- I'd love to see the shop in six months looking completely different. I'd love to see more price points. I'd love to see the rest of world packs or whatever if they're going to come in. If they're not, Do you know, you could have different leagues. Of you could open a Bundesliga pack. You could open a La Liga pack. A mixed whatever. pack. A coup- a what? A mixed pack. Maybe. A mixed pack, an English pack, like not even Premiership, England players. I don't know. Maybe that's going. That's probably going a bit overkill. <laughs> but you know, like as many variations of packs as possible for people to and coupon packs and this packs and 
Yeah, I don't know. The sky's the limit there as well, though, which is a good thing. We'll move on to the next bit, the market. Have you snagged any proper deals recently? Um, I guess it depends what people call proper deals. <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. I think, I think I everybody that I bid for, I feel like I'm getting quite cheap. But um, Yeah, that's the any, nature of the game, Any Any big ones recently? Um, nothing too massive. Just anything that stands out in your head. Like, if nothing stands out in your head, the answer's probably no. I th- yeah, I think um, someone had asked about cheap players, and I kind of looked through who I'd picked up early. Um, and like you said, Pogba for a fiver, that was back in the day. And I think another big one, I got a couple of Tierneys for sub £1. And I think I got, I ended up buying more this week for sort of, I think about three fifty, and I still think he's really cheap in terms of, because he's he's so young and he's been so unlucky, and obviously being Scottish, I've seen a lot of him up here, and he's just yeah. a, he's an explosive fullback, always gets forward, massive on assists, crosses and stuff like that. He just, he's he's not anywhere near like a sort of Trent level, but he's just an, he's like an aggressive fullback. He's always going to get forward. Um, and he's pretty good at tackling as well, so his tackles and interceptions and stuff will be high. I'm just thinking about future PPG. He could be a real star. Not to pump on anything. I've not got loads no, work of away, pump and fucking criticize whoever you want here. I'm still trying he's... to pick him up myself, so I'm keep him cheap. In fact, just flog him all. I'll take them all. I have literally, as we're talking, I p- pulled him up there to check his price. He's 440. Yeah. You can sell this card now for 376 to John Nellis. So. Um, oh, that's great that because uh, <laughs> I was definitely three seventy-five. So we're gonna go on a little bit more here. I'm getting raging. Anyway, uh, do you know what? I need to stop doing that because people are gonna just not tell me in future. Um, is there anyone you feel then? I suppose on the market is particularly over or undervalued. If you so pick a player, and it, it might be hard, and do you know people mightn't like it. If you had to pick one player who you think's overvalued and one player who you think's undervalued. Um. Uh, okay, overvalued would have to be Jordan Ayew. I really don't like him as a player. Um, and he's twenty-seven quid at the minute. If you wanted uh, to just buy him, such a such a premium price. You get lots of sort of young creative players for much cheaper. You could actually build out a decent amount of collection. You could probably build out a team that would win you beginners and maybe challenge for amateurs with twenty-seven quid. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really don't like him at his price point. I don't actually own one. Um. I did chuck in a bit of like twenty-three quid. Um, when he was sort of down and then he went up to about 26 overnight so really really don't like him I just maybe wanted one to round off the collection but again I could see him dropping a bit and in terms of underpriced I guess the two there's two City players Zinchenko and Cancelo just because they're both quite heavily involved Mendy's really injury prone so Zinchenko's had a lot of game time and I, th- I feel like they're going to phase out Kyle Walker um, just, just if you need a defender for a um, for a pro tournament or even an amateur I think too they're both solid but I don't see them skyrocketing by any means but I think they're, I think they're undervalued currently yeah you, Kyle Walker you could see him going the kind of direction of like fucking off to an Everton or something do you know exactly bring into this and I mean he's been a great servant of the club and he's, he's still a great player Um, but you could see with the kind of is he attacking enough and does he have a, enough of an attacking output in today's game he's so heavily reliant on pace that they'll come an age where that's just not enough whereas Cancelo is more of an intelligent player he's more of a pet player and I think I think he struggled to fit in at the start of last season but at the end of the season you've seen him sort of take over the role um, same as Zinchenko he's a sort of pet player because he's versatile and he's always looking forward and he gets he, he does well for sort of attacking output when he like plays fullback nationally he plays more forward he doesn't play a fullback I'm plays, sure plays in a number plays 10 winner. for Ukraine does he, yeah? Yeah, he plays in behind the striker. Sometimes out on the left wing, but yeah, most so of the time. So it shows how creative he is. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Pep loved players like Alaba and Lamb who were able to do the centre mid and the full back thing, so he sort of fits that mode. I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as them, but I like him. And he's only 23, um, which is quite mad because I feel like he's been around for a while. He, he's uh, He's got a massive amount of potential, I suppose. He just hasn't got the game time. They've a lot of full backs, don't they, at City? Like a lot of decent full backs, too. And uh, then Pep in his rotation, anyway. So yeah, maybe that's why he hasn't got a steal. <laughs> that's why you've but... got to hold the other full backs as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the in terms of collection, then onto the next tile. Again, this is going to be one of those when I ask guests, it's it's completely up to themselves how much they want to divulge. But kind of two of the questions I'd have would, or two or three of the points I'd sort of be inquisitive of of people is, what's your highest count on any player, and what's the makeup of your collection in terms of balance? Like, do you have not in terms of balance necessarily like value? I mean, you can share that if you want, but mm-hmm. in terms of would you have 40 of loads of players that go for cap app, or do you hold like a maximum of five or six for tournament use? I'm sort of more than the field of holding five or six for tournament use. Um, knowing that I think when, once the real football starts, I think I'm going to limit myself to two pro entries a week. Um, most on the fact that in terms of percentage compared to sort of my collection, it's, it's, a, it's a decent percentage if you're entering two a week. Um, and I think I'm going to try and sort of hit the amateurs free rolls. And I'm not so inclined with the beginners, but they're more of sort of keep your keep your uh, amount building. Um, in terms of count, the highest I've actually got is Ozil with 10, which might surprise a lot of people, but just in case he sticks about. Um, he's also a two-star player and he's pretty cheap. Is so, that on purpose or like packs? No, I've, I've, I've bought a few of him, just been buying him up from sort of like 75 to 80p or something. Um, he's 90p now, so that's not bad. I've also he, I've only got 10, so that's the highest count. Um, that I've got, but I'm trying to build a few more players to 10. So I've got 10 Tierney, 10 Cancelo, and I've got 10 Shea Adams, which is a bit of an odd one as well. But mm. I just think I think he's a really good player who's not quite clicked uh, at Southampton. So I could see him getting a loan to someone. Maybe it might be the Championship, so it might be sort of futile. But I think I was I've been picking him up for like 55p, um, and he's only 23. And he's I mean he starts in, at Birmingham were unreal. Yeah. A lot of big teams chasing him, so I think all it can take is just a little bit to click for him, um, and it might come into place. But again, most of my collections sort of fives and sixes, but um, and then the premium players I don't tend to hold more than two of. I mean, like four and five star, um, unless I've packed a few more of them, or I really see more value like someone like Grealish. I think I've got now about six of him. So I know that you're a big fan of Grealish, but you seem to pack him all the time. So yeah, well, that's <laughs> I've never actually bought him, but I've got ten of them. Um, that's from opening seven grand's worth of packs. <laughs> As you know, that happens. It's funny because when I look at my account, and I'm conscious of time here, but I mean, there's players that have went and actively bought who would be kind of wary to really divulge into case of pumping. Because I mean, fuck it, you know, I've, I've mentioned Sun loads. Um, I actually have a lot of Ainsley Maitland Niles just because he's young and he's only like 90p. Um, and he could get more game time at Arsenal, but I mean, I don't know how that one will go. That's a bit of a punt. In Keria, Curtis Jones, Saka, Brandon Williams, Nathan Ake, hope he gets a transfer. That's all very well because I've went and actively bought them, but I'm wondering like who is my highest count that I've never actually actively bought? Do you know? Maybe Callum Hudson Adoy? Fourteen of him. Yeah. I've, I've, McNeil, I've got quite a lot of Hudson Adoy. He's actually he's a good price and if he can get rid yeah. of this these allegations, he's nineteen. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Very he's young. been I know he's been linked away, but if he could actually establish himself at Chelsea, there's a good chance he'll stay in England for at least the lion's share of his career. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll move on anyway, just yep. based on time. Rewards, yep. there's there's not much to talk about there unless 
you've par- like in one of your players you've got like a Bruno or a legend I have not unfortunately the best I've got is uh, Patrick Van Anholt which is not exactly well, setting the header on fire on <laughs> yeah games single tournament roulette stories virtual battles idea yeah so have you any like single or tournament roulette big wins or anything if not, you haven't don't worry not particularly um in terms of single roulette i just I, I i sort of chip away and i'm i'm pretty good at saying like if i've lost sort of two cars in a row i think is this really worth it so um it's not something like i said before i don't really don't really involve myself with roulette unless it's on stream and it's a 32 man and it's for a laugh or something i'll put some cards in however did lose a 32 man with as and it was a coin flip in the final, and there was <sighs> n- and there was nine threads in the in the thirty two men. I think Jeez, that's I think there was a mental. McTominay. Uh, there was a good few sort of roulette fodder. Uh, two hundred and fifty quid's worth at least. Like it was it was about two hundred quid, yeah, or two hundred fifty. It was it was pretty sick. I think Fred was maybe a bit cheaper at the time, but yeah, it's still oh, right. still about two hundred quid. So it was a bit of a sting to lose on a coin flip in the final. That's sick. I think the best one I had was a thirty two man. I won on stream. With and uh, James Copeland to put in a Rashford. Now mm. this was before he hit a hundred quid or whatever. But I mean, if you look back at the value of that now, I suppose <laughs> the value of that's probably three hundred, four hundred quid for that actual tournament. But um, that's the same second that's like back is. back in the day picking up threads for a fiver. Yeah. Um, just to lose him in roulette, and then you think if you just accumulate your threads, I think there was there one point he was up at like thirty quid or something. I've seen him at like twenty four or something. Yeah. I think I've yeah. seen him. He's probably been higher though. Virtual battles, have you much time for them? Not not really. Just while I think they'll be much better when real football's back because it'll be a contrast. Mm. Um, so yeah. if you're just sitting sort of bored and you think, I'll fire into a virtual battle, but it's sort of the same as doing the virtual tournaments now. So I, I think the idea's great. I think um, keeping people engaged with the with the platform is, is a really good idea. Um, but at the moment, I think they're much of a muchness with the tournaments. But obviously that will change. Yeah, very much. It'd be interesting to see what they do. We'll get on to tournaments, but it'd be interesting to see if they keep the virtuals around even with live. Will they have two types of tournament going? The only thing I think you were saying um, beforehand, you were saying about sort of new things that they could add. Um, mm, yeah, the, any ideas for new games? The the only thing, um, I guess it sort of covers a couple of bases that me and Quinny, shout out to Quinny, um, and Quinny, we were talking about was on FIFA where you get squad building challenges where you put in x amount of cards to Ooh. give you the chance to then go and pack something else so i think on there you can get like say an 81 rated player guaranteed but it could get you up to a 90 odd rated player. say i don't play too much fifa but i know about the the squad building challenges it could be the sort of thing where you enter maybe players that accumulate to a certain amount of ppg or something um, and it gives you the chance to win like a minimum rare player or something and it could go all the way up it obviously it won't return your your value every time but it just gives it a sort of different element and it might sort of it sort of encapsulates what the raffle was trying to do i think yeah um but it would give you a sort of like a card value as opposed to giving you sort of random stuff that the raffle could um but again i don't know how they would implement it and i don't know because because on fifa you just accumulate to a certain rating whereas i don't know if you'd be able to do that on footstock but it was a it was a decent idea and it was it's quinny that said it. it wasn't me so it come from his uh beautiful mind <laughs> I think that's actually a great idea. I mean, doing squad building challenge type things where I'm not sure just gonna repeat everything you said. Yeah, but for people, I'm thinking for people who are listening who don't know what squad building challenges are. So in FIFA, basically on the ultimate team, you open packs kind of like foodstock and you accumulate a bunch of fodder that you'll never use within the game. 
because it's not even like Footstock where you've got a multiple tournament entries. It's like you have 11 players you play with in your game and then the rest are kind of just there to do squad building challenges with or sell. But like, so what they have is like there'll be challenges where it's like 11 players, you need to have a certain rating, a certain amount from certain countries and blah, blah, blah. And if you submit them and just give them basically back to the game, they give you a pack that may have, that has a, it could be a rare mega pack or it could be whatever and it has certain weightings within that pack so you could essentially they could say give us x amount of ppg or x amount of value of players or x amount of whatever enter a team and if they score over this much in this week's tournament blah 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 you win this pack or so there's a lot they could do they could also give out packs in um tournament winnings and stuff exactly packs could be more of a, a winning but anyway and that squad building challenge idea is basically yeah that so it's it would kind of encapsulate what the raffle did just for maybe people who haven't a clue what a squad building challenge is um but i think that's a great idea so shout out to quinny go and check him out he's another content creator on both footstock and football index tournaments best and worst tournaments unlucky or unlucky or lucky stories or suggestions for the tournaments going forward well as the clickbait will show john i'm a pro winner now so pro winner um, i wish i could say the same yeah so that was what two days ago or three days ago um, someone was asking about if it was all sort of strategized. So what I normally do is, um, I've got a spreadsheet where I lay out sort of starting lineups and their PPG. This is only really going to be relevant for virtuals, but try to give uh, an idea of who's likely to win based on the ratio of PPG. So if someone was two hundred and someone was a hundred, you know, it'd be two to one chance to win, sort of thing. But obviously, it doesn't take. It's, it's not perfect because they can draw. Um, and then Bournemouth can just beat everyone, or Brighton can beat everyone because they're just amazing um, for some reason. So I, I I do that sort of to give you an idea, and just through doing it a few times, I've sort of got an idea of who should be winning matches based on uh, how they line up. Um, but yeah, I think um, in terms of the tournaments themselves, I, I like I like how they've brought in the virtuals. It's just given a, a total lease of life to the platform. Um, really good idea, and obviously when the real football comes back, it's going to be a lot different because you're going to have dynamic ppgs and you're gonna have bigger edges in games or perceived bigger edges um if you're going by stuff like uh bookmakers odds and stuff like that um so it might be more predictable in that you know who's going to win but it's being able to pick the actual players and the differentials and stuff which is exactly like fancy football everyone will know um except you're not stuck with having to make x amount of transfers you can put in whatever you want that's sort of the beauty of the, the platform yeah i completely agree Whenever you won the tournament, your pro winner, did you? T- how much did you take home? Did you take home a big pot? Well, it was six hundred and sixty-five pound, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but sadly, it was shared between five people. Um, so the top prize would have been like three k, and I made one change from my team, which was to take out Allison, and put in the Crystal Palace goalkeeper Gaeta, and Allison scored higher, and. All the five people that I drew it all had Gaeta, so I would have won if I just kept my original team. But mm. uh, beggars can't be choosers. We can't be. We can't be too, too money. Yeah, and ju- just the final point then, just something on that line before we go into questions. Gertie mentioned it last week in the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go back. It was a great episode. He knows a lot about the platform. Yeah, very knowledgeable. He- he something he alluded to was the fact that going forward with tournaments as there's more entries now and it's particularly in those tournaments with like stipulations as to what you can enter you know one stars or the categories or positions duplicate lineups could become a bit of a problem whenever you have a thousand people entering like the winner might not ever actually just win it could be split pots quite a lot of the time and you know maybe that's not a bad 
bad thing. More people getting paid, but getting those big peak winnings. I don't know. There could be a lot more duplicates going forward. It'd be interesting to see how they deal with that, or if they expand the number of tournaments or cap the number of entrants per tournament and open a new one when that one fills. Or I don't know how they'll do it, but that's just something to keep our, our ear to the ground on. Yeah, I won't try and expand that because Gary actually yeah. done a pretty good job last week. Yeah, so go back and listen to last week's. We've only got about 10 minutes for questions here, so we'll try and fly through them and keep them snappy. First question, I'm Lethal, uh, another content producer in Footstock. Go and check them out. Can you pinpoint anything Footstock done in particular that helped their success and fast growth of late? I'll just say straight off the bat, I think the big thing was the virtuals. Um, that's been talked about a lot. Is there anything else you feel they did, or yeah, de- uh, obviously virtuals are they've been they've been so good to sort of energize the the growth of the market, but just their customer service um, is excellent. They've got they've got a very active Slack community, which the uh, there's a few of the owners that are part of, and um, they comment on it regularly. There's a wish list, so if you've got anything that you actually want them to put on the platform, then the owners are seeing it and the the speed at which they implement things is actually is quite remarkable um really fluid product so that that was really impressive to me um especially i've i've had a few sort of um little niggly things that you can even just dm on twitter and they come back to you pretty quickly and i've had sort of i've lost a couple of bonus cards when i shouldn't have and they've given me the card back within like two hours it's just been really snappy really responsive and i think their customer service is is just excellent mm one of the only suggestions I ever put into the wish list and it's a bit of a crazy one and I knew it was crazy I had it in a dream (laughs) and I know I'm trying about time here but look look, if this goes over it goes over I'll just edit it the 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 idea I had was loan players so where you could it's kind of like the bonus players but it's nothing like that as well where you could either loan the players directly from Footstock so it would be a new revenue for them so they would like that or there could be a separate loan market where I could go in and say, I'll give anyone Bruno, stipulate the time period and stipulate the price. And then that card transfers to that length of time. Like now, that, the issues you know. there, it, it's it's different. It's a bit weird because I could kind of go, right, well, geez, he's valued quite highly, but I don't rate him. I'm not going to use him in any of these, especially when real football's back where PPGs do change. You could be like, right, that guy's got a high PPG now. I think he's going to, it's almost like shorten. Do you know, you could kind of be like, well, maybe you're better just selling then. Anyway, you could say, I lend you my Bruno, I'll give you him for two months for 80 quid, or some, do you know, Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Um. but again, the, the issues there, there's a lot of issues around it in terms of market prices and how would that affect the market, people could just loan and blah blah blah, but that that was a dream I had. I like um, that, I, I do like that, there's, there's potential, there's so much potential. There's, just, there, a, lot there's of a million ideas we have mentioned and other people haven't even thought of yet. Quinny has asked, uh, the most surprised at a player price day one of joining? So, like, I suppose that question is, whose price surprised you the most? Yeah, I mean, I said Tierney and Zinchenko, they were sort of the value ones, but um, Pogba a fiver was quite surprising. Um, and I think Sterling was sub £10 at the time. I know he's not he's not huge, because he's still only a two-star player, but um, it just seemed odd comparing him to other people, but it also seemed odd to a new person thinking, He's a one-star player, but he's the same as like a four-star player at the time. That was quite confusing. So I think that's why I didn't sort of delve into them too deeply. Um, and I've only got a couple of each, which is a shame. But um, that was another thing for like new people. It was confusing to think why he's a one-star more than a four-star. But then it, it does make sense because he's going to come back yeah. to form. In terms of expensive players, I thought Adama, who was like £20, I thought that was ridiculous. He was like the third most expensive. And now yeah. he's just like tripled. So you don't get them right all the time. 
Yeah, there are some surprising prices there because the matrix is very different than Football Index or FPL for bonus points and stuff. So there are players that are big dribblers or that tick certain criteria of the footstock matrix. Exactly. So therefore, whenever you first set up, the price looks weird. But um, once you delve into the matrix, maybe it starts to make sense. Joe Felix, do you think it's more effective to enter players who all play for the same team or a good spread of high-scoring players across all fixtures? This was this was a really good, um, a really good question. I think there's sort of two ways that you can look at it. I think you've got to separate the virtual from the real games. Um, obviously, the real games have bigger edges. If you say like Man City are at home to uh, Norwich, you're expecting Man City to put in a pretty stellar performance, probably a clean sheet. Um, and you can predict that a lot more easily than you can virtual. So I think in that situation, in a real game, if you want to take the bigger edges, then putting more players from the same team would be maybe more advisable. But in terms of for virtual games, I, I, in fact, for all games, I guess, I try and avoid antagonising players. Um, I think this is something we spoke about on your stream. So you wouldn't want a goalkeeper from X and a striker from Y if X are playing Y because yeah. they can't both get the win, which is six points, I believe. Um, and if one person scores, the other person loses their clean sheet. Um, so I try not to antagonise players too much unless, say, Newcastle are playing Man United and I'm entering the pro, I would probably put in Bruno and St. Maximin hoping that both teams score highly Yeah. because the clean sheet doesn't really weigh on the attacking players. Um, and obviously you're trying to use your uh, five-star players in the pro tournaments. So it, I, th- I think it's, it's a tough question to ask uh, to answer. But um, I would try and avoid antagonising players unless you're going for maybe two attacking players. Mm. The hard thing as well, sometimes you you notice if you look at PPGs that some of the shitter teams, keepers, have higher PPGs. A lot of that's down to the amount of shots they face, but I don't know how well the virtuals really sort of reflect that. Maybe real football, having a Tom Heaton or a Pope or someone might actually pay off. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I, I like your reasoning behind all that. Footstock Chats asked three... I'll pick a couple um, randomly. What what do you like best about Footstock is the second question. Um, what do I like most about it? I, th- I think fantasy football is something that I just got back into sort of this season. It was something that I hadn't touched for a couple of years. And I think this um, has added an element to fantasy football that I think just elevates it to a different level for me. I know it's not the same as fantasy football, but it is this, it's a similar concept. Um, and I always think Playing fantasy football, if you've got twenty pound each in a league and you've got six people, you're playing all season. You're winning like hundred and twenty quid, and it's like it's nice, but you're 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 waiting all season and you're not getting much mm. value out of it. Um, if you're playing with your mates and stuff, which is all we do, so I think this just adds a different element to it. And you're still not maybe you're maybe only taking the money that you're spending on maybe an accumulator at the weekend, like twenty thirty pound, and you can enter. You can then go and enter five amateur tournaments, five beginners, and then if you stretch it a bit more, you can enter a pro. That's, that's a lot of entries, you know what I mean? You're getting a lot of value out of your money there. Um, a lot of bang for your buck. Exactly, and the potential now with the huge prize pools is just amazing. Mm. And if you could implement one change right now, what would it be? Um, if I could implement one change, and it's very specific, but for tournaments, I think I've put this in the wish list before, but it didn't get much traction. I'd rather, I want there to be a summary page for each game so that you can see what each player scored. I'd love that. I think it's more relevant for real football um, to see what each player, like, because in virtuals, obviously, it'll average out eventually to their PPG. So if someone's had a good game, they might have a bad game next time. But in terms of, you can see how maybe how someone's growing week on week with their scores, or you can just say, if someone, if there's a reaction to someone having a really bad score, 
their price might dip quite a bit and you can put in a low bid and try and pick up the player who you think will pick up their form again. So I think having a summary page just be really useful as opposed to just seeing who you've entered in a tournament. I think that's good, yeah. I think like if you, you're clicking into the game itself and the show lineups beside, you could click into each individual player and have their breakdown of points on that game based off every single action. Or even for virtuals, the other thing, it shows you when you look at the lineups, their, their star rating, but it doesn't show you their average PPG. That's just an easy thing to add in. Um, so that would just be, instead of having to go down and uh, go into your collection and see what their PPG is, um, it would be really good to, to see that Because I know on the cards you enter, you obviously get that nice breakdown on the card, but it'd be nice to be able to see that for everyone. Is yep. that kind of what we're saying? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll, that's that one answered. We'd have to move on from Footsock Chats. The other question was, what three tips would you give to a new user? But the next one kind of encompasses that as well-ish, so I'll just move on to it. Yeah, yeah. Paul has asked, what advice would you give to a beginner for building their collection? Should you cast a wide net and get as many different players as you can, or narrow the field and pick up multiples of each? Personally, we'll be looking at attorneys and capital appreciation in the longer term. This is a question I actually get DM'd quite a bit. Yeah. Like, what, what should I do? Should I buy... Like, yeah, literally that question. I think it's personal preference. He says about um, stuff like strategy for beginners. I think the I think the main tip you can give is actually know the rules. Um, if you think about it, it's something that I didn't realise at the start, but goals and assists are so highly weighted. Um, and I think you've seen it now in virtuals. If somebody, like you said, McTominay come off the bench for you and scored a goal, so it doesn't matter how long he actually played, it's because he scored that he was so valuable. Um, so I think read the rules would be the, the main tip. But in terms of building a collection... Like I said, you, you told me to put half into packs and half into the market. I still think packs, when you're building a collection, are really valuable because they get you more volume of cards and you've you've always got the chance to get a big card that you might not be able to afford on your current budget. I think they're really good for padding it out. In terms of um, actually specialising, it's, it's up to you. Um, I tend to scatter bids, but they'll, they'll usually be lower than what the bid is. And it, it lets you essentially keep tabs on the market without having to check each card every day so if you've got a bid in for £2.50 the top bid's £2.60 and then you come back the next day and it's £3 you can know that that player's rising quite a bit as opposed to having to just check each player individually you can just check it all in one place from your bids so I tend to scatter them out even if it's just one bid for one player to keep a tab on his price mm. and then if he gets to a sort of price where I think oh that's quite attractive then I'll start to go for him um, but yeah with, with that pro win having the money in the, the account without having to deposit I've went a bit more aggressive for players who I think I want to be entering these players into bigger tournaments. That's how I've been looking at it because I've got a base collection. But it, it really depends on if you... I mean, there's not much value in having 20 pence players um, apart from rounding out the collection. You're not going to really use them even if they even if they do sort of show up unless they're really young and they are primed for a spot. But um, a lot of those players are sort of a couple of quid now because people do catch on. I think it's so hard this question now in terms of like what would advice you give to a beginner for building the collection at the start because maybe when you were you were starting the pack value might have been better at the time double cards in your first pack market prices blah 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 it's kind of an ever-changing thing like what's best to do so at times it might make more sense for someone based on their budget again that's another thing if someone sticks two grand in it's different than someone who sticks 20 quid in if you've got 20 quid you should definitely go to the market um, not a pack but if you've got 200 quid maybe you should open a pack it's, it's, and again it's kind of down to the fun and risk factor what's your risk appetite like what I found packs great for at the start for me was buying a few packs packing a few decent players and then building around those players for my tournament entries but 
again it's all what you're into i suppose by listening to these podcasts and stuff you can suss out food stock and what you want to get from it are you going to trade for the market are you going to enter a lot of tournaments what type of category of tournament are you going to go for should you be trying to get one and two star players that have a high ppg or you feel could grow real football will change all this again what's maybe best practice so I think, again, I think that's like, quite a yeah like you said sorry, sorry button. um but yeah like you said i think the players that i packed off the bat i kind of looked at um after what was it like 200 250 pound or whatever it was on packs and i looked at the players and thought how can i pad out these so that i've got a team that i could put in for real football so if liverpool were playing at home to norwich or something who who am i likely to put into a team and i sort of built around that um but again i sort of i bid low and then um watch the prices and then when it hits a price i'm happy with that's when i'll start to sort of attack the player that's that's what i would do personally mm. We'll rattle through a few last ones quickly and try and keep this under the R mark. I don't think this is ever going to be 45 minutes, but... Um, Probably going to be Footstock. an edit. <laughs> yeah. In Slack, uh, Footstock Big Son has asked, and he's got a picture of his son, has asked, in your opinion, how many is too many of one card? What do you think will happen? Okay, there's actually loads of questions there. Yeah. Let me think. Which one will we go for? Do you have it in front of you? I do, yeah. Pick one to answer. Which one do you want to answer? There's that, then there's what do you think will happen first, the top end to rock it up or the bottom end to catch up? What's your opinion on the current tournament options? Do you think we should be able to enter all from one team? Should the free rules beginners be capped to actual beginners? Uh, Any of those interest you? Yeah, I'll answer the first and last just quickly. How many cards is too many? It's up to you. But I think, subjective, isn't it? I think 5 to 10 is fine for uh, if you're going to be in tournament tournaments because you're not going to need them for any more than that. You want to actually, some of your teams you want to diversify, so... Um, yeah, I think five to ten is fine if you're doing that. If you're looking for capital appreciation, m- maybe a hundred marks, but that's maybe. <sighs> it's all subjective. If you've got two hundred and fifty k in your footstock portfolio, would you mean exactly. a hundred in carry might only be three hundred and forty quid? So it's not. It's all percentage based. Yeah, that, that's completely down to percentages of your collection and risk appetite. I think if I held a hundred of anyone, I think the volatility could would just make me sick. So ten is yeah. fine for me. Um, and then the last bit. Uh, was what? What was the last question again? Sorry. The should the free rolls or beginners be yeah. capped to actual beginners, like a time frame, or I I, th- I answered that one just by saying I would personally rename the tournaments and I sort of liken it to poker. Like you and I both play poker. Um, if you go into stars, they've got the sort of or even like any poker site, they usually have different names for each level of tournament. So they might have like the shark, the whale, or something like that. They don't necessarily have to call them that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call them beginners because i think a lot of people maybe thought i can only enter that if i'm a beginner or they might think it's more for beginners i, I would probably change that um rather than actually change the criteria for the tournament but i guess they could do both um but i would probably change it to something like because you do get sharks in the beginners <laughs> yeah exactly i would maybe change it to something like bronze silver and gold not to mm. copy fi too much but um they were originally single double and treble so um, they they had to adapt, and I think Footstock maybe could do the same. That's interesting. Dan Jackknife, lovely guest, and good to hear from Ross. Questions: Has Footstock exceeded your expectations? Yes. Thanks, Dan. Uh, lovely guy, and yes, it has exceeded my expectations. I wasn't expecting much, and now I am quite deep in it. I would say. <laughs> um, still early days for you, but what is your main strategy on this platform? Uh, I think into the new season it will be heavily tournament focused i'll be trying to do a lot of research into tournaments and then who influenced you to be on the platform 
the handsome man that I'm looking at right now, <laughs> Mr. John Nellis. <laughs> Good man. I was sitting there. I was waiting for that. I actually just seen that. Did you leave that last for I did, yeah, dramatic effect? <laughs> it's working. Footstock sponsor of my podcast worked. Um, but no, Dan's a great guy. So thanks for the questions, Dan. Uh, sorry we're having to fly over these last few just to keep this time wise. F Scotty Dog, what mistakes did you make starting off? Best advice for beginners and what strategy did you take that got you the pro win or did you wing it? <laughs> kind kind of winged the pro, but it was a sort of educated wing, if that makes any yeah, sense. An educated and wing. In terms of uh, uh, mistakes, I guess I've sold a few players too early. Um, I sold I sold one of my four Brunos at I think 160 pound, which doesn't seem so bad now that he's dropped a bit. But obviously he'd nearly doubled from that price, and 160 pound on footstock is it can stretch so far. Mm. Um, and I think I sold Dini at like three pound. Um, yeah, he's hit twenty. Like at the same stage. time, I wouldn't buy Dini at his current price. But that's just I. I think he's a decent player, but he's also old, and he's. I mean, he's been pretty bad with injuries, so he's not my type of hold. Um, other mistakes, I guess. Maybe I think I maybe tried to enter the pros too early without knowing everything. Um, yeah. I would definitely stick to even the amateurs. I don't think is too much of a punt. If you enter for five amateurs, it's only twenty five quid. You might spend it on a coupon anyway at the weekend. So I think even entering a few of them and try and enter, try and maximise the beginner and the free rolls to start with, just to get to grips with the platform. But I feel more comfortable now, um, mm. to the point where I would I would enter most uh, probably one pro for each day now. Yeah, I've got loads of coupons to use up, so I'm entering loads of them. I bet you do. The last, yeah, the last question, Footstock, or well, FST69, when will it be safe to buy packs again? I think that's all down to risk appetite. It's not unsafe now. It's more a case of maybe when the market catches up so the packs are more guaranteed in inverted comma value. But I think by safe, he means when are again. they more, when are they safe to be plus EV indefinitely? And I think it's once the market rises to the amount that uh, Footstock has raised the pack percentage. But when that happens, they'll just reweight them. The whole exactly. point of them is that on average, people should lose money. They're kind of like a slap machine. Yeah. Do you know, you can walk walk in and win jackpot, but equally, three chumps before you probably lost a fiver. I think it's sort of there'll be maybe a little Venn diagram, and there there'll be maybe a, a week or so sweet spot where they'll be yeah, yeah. they'll be more valuable again. But I think now that it's already happened, I think Footstock will be a, a lot more alert to it happening again. Absolutely, I completely agree. Ross, I think that's all we've time for. That's all the questions. We got through our little six tiles thing and a bit about you at the start. I think that's a good hour of a podcast. Um, where would you like people to find you if you want to find it all? Superb, John. Thanks Thanks for having me on again. Um, my at is at top of the index on Twitter. You'll occasionally see me pop up on Slack as HendoFS, but um, very seldomly on there unless I'm asking a question to the great brains over there. Um, yeah, that's that's where you can find me if you, if you want to talk. Good stuff. Go and find Ross and uh, make sure if you haven't signed up to Footstock, use my link. This podcast probably isn't on Apple yet. If you're listening to it there, leave me a review. And yeah, look, thanks for listening to this episode of Footstock Weekly and come and, come and join us next week for a very exciting guest. See you later. <laughs> Cheers, folks. <laughs> Stay safe.